Nick Delahanty, we made you watch Fuller House, pause for laughs, the revival <laughs> of the late 80s, early 90s TGIF sitcom, pause for laughs. What's your major compliment? My major compliment for this is that I now have a platonic ideal for nostalgia porn. <laughs> mm. And I like I've found the thing that which all other nostalgia is based on and will be derivative of. Like there's an entire wax museum that was jerking it to watching this show. Yes. Yes, but only from the mid 80s to the early 90s. Right, 87 to 95. <laughs> yeah. Now Nick, I guess what I'm curious about is when you say you found the platonic ideal, are you saying this is something that's admirable or something that like clearly nothing can ever exceed? Ooh, I liked that this. it was value judgment neutral. Yeah, yeah, it, it, this yeah. was a bit of a uh, phenomenology. I was I was <laughs> making a, a a pure ontology statement about the nature of what this is and whether or not it's good or not is beyond the scope of my inquiry. Mostly, I'm just overwhelmed <laughs> by the perfection at which it is what it aims to be. Because the, the form is perfect. And let's just skip to the end if we were to ask the second question evil garbage. But just from this first one, just form, formally perfect. Wow. That's a great compliment, Nick. Uh, <laughs> a higher level than we're used to operating on. I know you all got it. I know it's all in there deep. You just got to dust yeah. it off. You're, deep within my design or whatever. Your uh, abstract is in my inbox. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, Archive all. Chris, why don't, you, uh, why don't you take us down a notch? <laughs> sure. Uh, John Stamos sure looks great, everybody. <laughs> right he's What's so handsome him? he's so he's still so he handsome. sold his soul to the devil i don't know what he's done i mean uh clearly he's uh, kind of still goofy looking in the way he was still attractively goofy looking back then but if you watch the side by sides because this show has side by sides of each of the characters what they looked like in the beginning of the show yeah uh, they're the like house. they know and that what the activity now, you want to participate in is deciding who's aged well and so they make yes. that real simple at the beginning yeah this is like when they take a picture of you on a roller coaster without telling you and then show it to you at the end <laughs> <laughs> yeah sorry Lori laughlin oh she looks oh come on she looks phenomenal she well she she does it just nope, seems to I... be held together with like girders <laughs> oh no that is an effortless beauty all right that's maybelline at worst <laughs> oh man i i think john samos is it looks like there's a magnet in the on his nose and it's pulling all of his face towards it like it's a little, it's a little scrunch. It's a little ferrety in the in the center. Just a little, but you know when you look at him in, with his 1987 mullet, it still looked like that. It's mm. not as though it, yeah, like, yeah, no, he, his time. It's like him and Keanu and Sandy Bullock are just going to survive the zombie apocalypse. I know? thought uh, Kimmy looked like the identical in her. Like, yes, in the shot of her, like as a teenager, and her now is like you haven't. You, I mean, you look eerily similar. Well, also, as a, quote, teenager, she was probably 27. Well, that's true. But the like, same amount of time has passed for her. I yeah. Think, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think she still looks uh, like Hollywood weird or everywhere else in the world, the prettiest person in the room. She still looks like that. That's for damn sure. <laughs> I find this interesting that this is now a thing whenever we... Because this is not the first show to get the reboot treatment with the same cast, right? We've got the sort of right. Wet Hot American Summer where everyone except Michael Showalter looks fantastic yeah. <laughs> like sure. and lake bell is pregnant and, but yeah. i mean but that and that's just the weird <laughs> thing. Walter looks like he got hit by a bus <laughs> this morning i 
I, I imagine, I like to imagine that he looked great before that and then just decided, you know what, this would be a comedic choice to just get really <laughs> haggard yeah. for the yeah. recording of this while everyone else looks perfect. Also, I wrote most of it, so you can't get rid of me. Like, <laughs> I, I, I love the idea that it's purposeful. Yes. Uh, I, I just was curious, so I went to IMDb and Kimmy is played by Andrea Barber and her headshot is phenomenal. Good job, Andrea. That's a great yeah. headshot. Would have a good headshot on IMDb. Yeah, yeah. it's solid. I, yeah, I mean, but it I, is, uh, it's hard not to comment on how people look. I know. I, mean, I feel some guilt based. about just comparing how people have aged. Um, but it is this weird thing because they force the comparison. They exactly. Have these side by sides, and there's this eerie thing where you're you're supposed to, as an audience, say, "This is the same." Yeah. yeah. Only it's. I mean, Alex. Like, I I dare you to show our pictures from from that far oh, yeah. back. Like, I would never. I would never. And oh, yeah, when you're seven. <laughs> I mean, yes, they were all like... seven. Yes, that's exactly what we're doing. <laughs> that's precisely what's happening. It's just, it's different. I guess it's also a little easier for me because I was never a ten, so I don't have to worry about it. Like, I feel like I fought, like not as far to fall. Like I was, yeah, but still, people change over time, is what we're saying. Yeah, I, I, I feel guilty about being mean about it. Um, uh, but also, they do really want you to compare them. You just can't avoid it. Yeah. Um, uh, Tanya, how about you? Why don't you go next? Uh, sure. Um, <laughs> my compliment is, uh, this morning I was, I was waiting to board my train and realized that there was a dead rat on the platform in front of the woman standing next to me. Ooh. Ah. And once our train arrived, I kept her from stepping on it. Oh. And that was, uh, that was a, kind of a weird low point in my week, but not as low as watching this show. <laughs> so, you know, I could have bottomed out on, hey, dead animal, don't step in it. But instead, this. I yeah. want to think that you also had, that was the best part of her week is when a stranger saved her from stepping on a free rat. I mean, a, de- a dead rat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, arguably also free. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was just thinking at least that rat didn't cost you anything, but. Um. <laughs> yep. Only dignity, and also I imagine it would have been like a slippy issue. Yeah. It's like that is a safety hazard. Oh, for sure. You got a lemon. You got some parchment paper. You got a stew. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I there's you can't argue. I mean, like tech, like it, the, no judgment, no value judgment. That is form formally accurate. <laughs> <laughs> that is technically a stew. <laughs> Uh, all right, really... It's technically a stew. Oh, I thought that was technically a compliment. Oh, well, that's true. Your compliment was uh, this one time I was a hero, and then also I had to watch the show. And I'm going to let you have it. All right, cool. Cool. Glad I made it. Uh, my... I, have a, I have a show-related one for later, Good. so don't worry about it. I have a compliment for the first joke that I actually smiled at. Ooh. Um, which was in episode seven. <laughs> Wait, you watched seven episodes watched, of this shit? I watched six and a half. I was like halfway through seven. Uh, I watched so, 11. Whoa, you did the whole thing? Is that the whole thing? 13. I missed, I missed two in the middle, but yeah, I watched. Yeah. Wow. What on earth were you thinking? <laughs> Does it get better? Guys, I want you to know no. that this is going to be a very different podcast for the both of us. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing, and I feel like it's imperative that I break this to you before we go any further, but this is not my first Full House Rodeo. I've actually yeah. already appeared on the How Rude Full House podcast uh, run uh, by two Chicago comedians. Wow. So... Uh, and I, I loved it. That as one a, was a more favorable show. No, they ripped it apart. Oh, they but, might. Oh, yeah, okay. it's it's also hating on it. But I, uh, 
I have some things that I want to say about this because I think it's a surreal experience, and I think it's easy to dismiss up front, but I think there's some real meat to chew on underneath. All right, well, so... Well, I plan on doing some chewing. <laughs> Don't worry, my teeth are real sharp. <laughs> but the point is, halfway through episode seven, I was like, oh, touche. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know what? Uh, it just takes one, I guess, right? All right, well, <laughs> sharpen up those teeth. Let's get chewing. <laughs> Good morning, Meat Suits. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We're a good podcast about books and movies and television shows. I'm your host, Alex Falcone, on Twitter, Alex underscore Falcone. Joining me, as always, he's at C. Walter Smith on Twitter in Brooklyn, New York. It's Mr. Chris Smith. Have mercy, Alex. Please don't make me watch any more of this show. <laughs> no, Chris, I give you permission to cut it out. Oh, how rude. <laughs> I know. I don't even... Okay, it is surreal for sure, because I just don't... I just can't explain. I have no idea why any of that's happening. But the crowd goes, ooh, like it's a... Uh. Anyway, also joining us today on the third mic at the Tanya Best on Twitter in Brooklyn, New York, it's Tanya Smith. Same picture of Dave Coulier every day. Oh. Same picture of Dave Coulier every day. You guys know that blog? No. No. It, look it up. It is just a blog that reposts the same picture of Dave Coulier. Same pic of DaveCoulier.tumblr.com. It is maybe one of my favorite blogs I've ever seen. <laughs> it is the same picture of Dave Coulier without comment. <laughs> just added to the list of things I liked more than this. Thanks. It's weird that it has a different, like, some days it's like 56 notes, some day only 40. Ooh, that one's a 71-note day. <laughs> it's weird that people have so many different things to say in response to it. <laughs> I know, but it is the same. <laughs> it's just sure. perfect. 100%. It's so perfect. 100%. It's well, a sort of Sisyphean Tumblr where you just a little bit. <laughs> it's the yeah. same thing every day. You yeah. just got to keep coming back trying to find... Older posts, please. <laughs> yeah, and just keep scrolling. <laughs> 158 well, pages of posts. Let's do this. <laughs> we're, re- we're reblogging one of these. I'm real selective about which one I'll reblog. <laughs> oh, February 7th. I think that was a more sensitive look. <laughs> All right. Uh, also, joining us today, we have a very special guest at Nick's funeral on Twitter in Chicago, Illinois. It's Nick Delahanty. Oh, yeah. I got uh, Landis Moore set out in the car. Oh, you know who that song's about? Oh, you ought to know, man. Yeah. <laughs> you ought to. Uh, you're you're so vain. You think it's about you? No, uh, it's actually about Dave, Dave Coulier. It's Alanis oh. Morissette wrote that song about Dave Coulier. So that's uh, like yeah. there's so many weird world Wait breaking fourth wall stuff in this show. Oh, it's yeah. like no. an Inception fever dream, too many cooks nightmare. It's amazing. Oh. Yeah, yeah. The part where they they talk about Michelle and then they just all stop and, and sting turn the, camera. And look at the camera. Yeah, they yeah. do. Too many for, for like 24 minutes of that whole episode, it's just them yeah. staring at the camera, <laughs> letting really you just all of them uh, wash over you. Oh sassing the camera which it, it was weird because it's the level of cynicism and anger about that it only would make me feel like mary kate and ashley made the right calls like that i don't at all in oh, yeah. any way feel bad that they weren't included i'm just like wow you guys the only ones who nailed it the only ones well, who I'm, knew when it was time to not be a part of this seem like most of these people were doing a lot of other things right 
I mean, uh, John Stamos has a butter statue of himself that's presented at Riot Fest every year, so there's there's that. But d- yeah. like, is he actually there has, to receive that, show. or is that just the butter is busy, but Stamos is free that day? Hey, the likeness is eternal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. No, but Stamos has uh, that show, what is it, Grandfathered or the other one? Yeah, yeah. It's like Dilf or something. He's barely yeah. in the show anyway. Yeah, um, yeah. He and Coulier are kind of in and out. And so okay, wait. So explain the song thing to me really quick. So Alanis Morissette's "Hey, You Ought to Know" is about Dave Coulier. Yes. Yeah, who she was yeah. dating at the time and Which, then broke up with. If you know, you ought to know the way you ought to know. You <laughs> ought to know. You should know that that is really upsetting. Yeah, yeah. Well, wait. Isn't he like fifteen years older than her? Okay. Yeah, he's and? like 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 way older. And that's not weird for you. Well, that's just one of the many reasons that's so weird. I mean, <laughs> there are so many reasons to be upset I about mean, this. I mean, we should be upset that we have now the image of Alanis Morissette going down on Dave Coulier in a theater, <laughs> in, like yeah. burned into our brains and our collective oh, unconscious. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. That's why I said that's, what I said about yeah. that. And, the most and he, he was could probably doing Cut like It a- Out. <laughs> Or a Bullwinkle impression. What? Yeah. Or <laughs> she, just wearing those She was jeans. going down on the puppet the whole time, didn't realize. <laughs> That's why they I, broke up. Janice Morissette is a smart and sensitive woman. You take that back. <laughs> okay. She would know the difference. She knows the difference. <laughs> <laughs> she can... <laughs> She's got a real astute sense for puppet dick. Like This is episode <laughs> number 333. We've now done as many episodes as half a Satan. <laughs> Point five Satans into this podcast. Welcome to our half Satan episode. <laughs> Speaking of things, Prince that... of Darkness from the waist up. <laughs> you know what I mean. Speaking of things that are pretty dark, this week we're talking about Fuller House, the modern Netflix sequel to Full House, the sitcom about the maximum number of people allowed in a single dwelling. <laughs> uh, There's a fire code. Yeah, <laughs> this is a very different show if it's about fire marshals. Hey, you know what? The sign says only six. <laughs> <laughs> One of these uh, twin girls has got to go. Uh, yeah. I, Evict her out. Okay. <laughs> I am so caught up. I'm uh, sorry. I'm just caught up in this Lannis Morissette thing. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> so he got her pregnant, obviously, and then calls during dinner. What a dickhead. Wait, are, yeah, are you looking it like up? Oh, wait, I'm not sure. Is this the show or is this real life? Yeah, are you on Genius.com right now, Alex? <laughs> no, I should be. <laughs> um, what did you do, like, lyrics A to Z? What are you doing? <laughs> no, I just... I, all Guitartabs.com? All I have Come up on. is a picture of the two of them next to each other, and I am concerned about it. Although, Lannis might be older than I thought she was. They're no yeah, longer together. Yeah, she's she's not... She's not that young. Oh, never mind. I don't think that their age disparity was the reason it was shocking. No, it's much less of a disparity than I thought it was. I guess I just think of her as a teenager and him as an old person. And How old do you think Taylor Swift is? Taylor Swift? Six? Well, no, wait. Wait. Taylor Swift also went down on Dave Coulier's <laughs> puppet in a movie theater? <laughs> no, I'm just saying, if you think Alanis Morissette is still a bright young thing, like, how old do you think the no, bright I've, young things are No, I think of, of Alanis are. Morissette as being a teenager when the song came out, and I think of Dave Coulier as being an old person forever. Oh, no, she's she's too wise in all of that. Jagged little pill, just get there. Just get there. I'm all about Open it. I just did not realize. I just am more troubled by these pictures that are in front of me than I was expecting to be. I'm going to give you three days, and we're going to reconvene. <laughs> <laughs> I am so troubled. Okay, anyway, uh, this episode... Uh, 
Oh, well, actually, let's say this. Uh, we just closed around of sponsorships, you guys. So thank you again, everybody who sponsored. By the time you hear this, we will have made those announcements. So if you haven't yet, make sure you loop back and listen to our special bonus episode announcing our upcoming cycle. Uh, and if you want to be part of the next round, go to readersweep.com, sign up for the weekly weep, uh, join our mailing list, and you'll also be the first, the onlys to find out when the sponsorships open again. And as a bonus, you get the weekly weep, which is pretty great. Yeah, it is. Um, I want to take this opportunity before we talk more about this show to just say a quick shout out to uh, Jamie, who responded to my weekly weep, uh, absolutely demolishing a very short joke that I wrote um, in like with the most smarts that I think I've ever been a part of. So, um, did you guys, uh, as maybe you remember, I made uh, just through a little shade, I don't like clothing companies sending me an email the day after I buy stuff suggesting I buy more stuff. And I okay. thought, that's the day I'm least likely to buy more clothes from you. I just bought them yesterday. Okay. And it turns out uh, Jamie has some experience in the email, brand email world, and that statistically that is the most likely day for me to buy more stuff. Oh, yeah. Every yeah. day Maybe after you saw something else that you're reconsidering or your high, like your esteem for that brand is the highest. Yeah, or there's something you thought about and then didn't get and then they remind you of it. I don't know. But yeah. it, every yeah. day that passes from your order, you are less likely to purchase from their email. So, mm. Yeehaw. Jamie. Also, yeah, that, that's, that's a very good point, Jamie. Jamie knows yeah. so much shit about email analytics. We had a very deep dive. It was great. Um, so thanks, Jamie. And thanks to everybody who reads the Weekly Weep. All right. Now, back to the show. Chris. Yeah. I need you to summarize for us. Uh, let's just let's party like it's 1995. All right, just take us take us into it. Let's sing my hit that is only a hit in Japan. <laughs> no, I'm not going to sing the the summary. That would be intense. Uh, y'all y'all remember Full House? It was that show that was on ABC Vaguely? starting in 1987? Uh, Bob Saget was the patriarch of this house in San Francisco, and his two friends Joey and Jesse also lived there. And Bob Saget had a dead wife, but like three daughters. Uh, there was DJ and Stephanie and Michelle, who's played by twins, uh, who went on to do uh, pretty great things. Um, and then also, well, Jesse was the cool one. He's like the rock and roll star. He's John Stamos. And he, he married Becky, Bob Saget's co-worker. Um, and together they had some twins. And and it was just it was a very full house is what I'm trying to say right I mean it was multiple stories of San Francisco is one of these big like you know like lots of staircases type houses it was still very full well <laughs> time time has gone on and uh, it's now 20 years later and oldest daughter DJ has been married for a while has had a couple kids her firefighter firefighter husband uh, Tommy Fuller. Uh, died doing what he loved wait i didn't catch that fires. his name is Did fuller the, yeah the pun you didn't know the pun yeah, it's such a deep that. pun <laughs> it's uh, so deep yeah it's it's like instead of it's like if animal house was named after like tommy animal <laughs> <laughs> dude the pun game on fuller house is pretty on point they get they, they're uh they do it they, they it happens i will say yeah that. they showed Often. up to class <laughs> yeah they, they're down to clown uh, for sure um, their so, attendance uh, is perfect yeah so uh Bob Saget, Danny Tanner, only had female children. Well, his daughter, DJ, only has male children. Her children what? are Jackson and Max and, and baby Tommy. Flipped, reversed. Yeah. Mm. See what he did what there? They the took odds? it. They turned it. Uh, and instead of, through a series of circumstances, see, Danny had his friends, Jesse and Joey, Livy, living with him. Well, through a series of circumstances, DJ's neighbor friend, the weird Kimmy Gibbler, now lives with her in this big house. 
Uh, and everyone's so you know she's trying to make it as a single mom. She's got all these kids getting all this you know like you know weird first world shenanigans. And then uh, every once in a while, Uncle Jesse or Uncle Joey or Grandpa Danny will drop by, offer some wisdom or some hijinks or something, and then gracefully, not so gracefully, exit the episode. Um, so in the first three you know, episodes, the first one just kind of set it up with like, hey, we're passing the house on to you because, you know, you're struggling. And then uh, you know, DJ was struggling. Oh, yeah. And DJ's sister, Stephanie... Here's a weird thing. Uh, <laughs> Stephanie is now a professional DJ and calls herself DJ Tanner. So she is DJ Stephanie Tanner, but her sister, her older sister, whose name is DJ, is not the in the DJ Tanner in the music world. Right. So there's DJ Tanner. There's uh, you know music world name DJ Tanner, who's actually Stephanie, and then there's who plays Michelle Coachella. <laughs> Yeah, that doesn't seem. She plays Coachella. Seem right. I think the whole series is born of that pun. I think they when they when they figured out the DJ Tanner thing, they were like, "We got to do both DJs. We have to. Oh my god, you guys, you guys. We had Full House before. What about Fuller House? (laughs) Oh no, let's name somebody Fuller, and then they own the house. I can't wait until we have Fuller's house. It's the kid who pee. It's the kid who pees the bed from Home Alone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Fuller. (laughs) I yeah. Chris, this is a very good summary, and I do appreciate it because I did not know anything about the old Full House, and so to me it was just like these adults are oh. implausibly famous, and a bunch of kids are living together and go. Yeah, well, the idea was that they, they all had this this house that they all lived in because property values in San Francisco were bad then, and oh my god, now there was a line in the first episode like, "Do you know how much this house is worth?" <laughs> but the, he a, says like, that giant and he gifts the house to them. Yeah, I think it's a temporary like loan. Because the property value is only going to increase. I mean, it's a beautiful four-story, classic San Francisco-style home on Alamo Square Park. I think... Oh, and how many bedrooms? Like 72? At least six bedrooms, including the finished basement. It is... uh, I think it was $3 million is what I saw an article said. Yeah. And he just gifted it so he could go have his local TV show in L.A.? No, it's a national TV show. Oh. So he, he was the local morning like version of the Today Show type guy, him and Lori Laughlin. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then they graduated to get the national gig based out of L.A. Yeah, I don't buy that. Yeah. Um, no. you, you don't That's the part that you're really getting stuck on? That's the, <laughs> yeah. the, the logical <laughs> leap that Alex I mean, won't make? <laughs> early on, there was just so much stuff that doesn't make sense. And that was part of it was like, Hey, all five of the adults got super famous the same day and are moving out. Uh, it was just like, I just, yeah. uh, fever dream was a good word for it. I just felt so <laughs> lost and yeah. angry. And why is everybody we laughing DJ, so much? The, here's, the house will only hold so many people, but you got DJ and her three boys. You got Kimmy and her daughter. And then you got to have room for somebody to just sort of wander in this unlocked door that's all constantly. There. Alex, here's yeah. the important thing that you need to know this show is absolutely not trying to win over any new viewers this this show yeah. it well one uh, tonally is one of the most bizarre shows i've ever seen yeah uh but it 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 waffles between being four people who are in their mid-30s now with kids who grew up with the show and are now trying to like both just relive the show in their nostalgia brain and also parallel some of the the current situations that these people that they imagine you would find yourself in as a single parent and things like that. So like fan fiction? It it almost <laughs> is. Yeah, it does kind of feel like fanfic. Yeah, it is it is a weird parallel universe 
for people who lived it before, and they don't care at all about including you on this party. This is not... If you didn't watch Full House, they have no interest in you, right? So, okay. Because they will. there are parts of the show that you would never understand that are entire parallels and entire like scenes from the original show. they don't make that hard because they'll just put the whole scene from the original show next to it on the screen while the revert... Like... They just did that. They just sh- oh yeah, they have nostalgia scope or whatever. <laughs> they come in. Yeah, nostalgia they just vision, the picture screen. in picture. Yeah. Okay, so let's start here. So Kellen on Facebook asked uh, asked this question. I think it's a good place to start this discussion. Uh, uh, she says, uh, "Why are people acting like Full House was a good show to begin with, rather than just acknowledging that our childhood selves had poor taste and a high tolerance for cheesy cornball shtick?" Which uh, side note, cheesy cornball. I feel hungry when you. It just made. Um, yeah, would like to eat some shtick right now. Anyway, yeah, right on the shtick. So delicious. my yeah, exactly. A cheesy cornball on a shtick sounds like a delicious snack. That's the name of Dave Coulier's puppet's penis <laughs> is shtick. By the way. Oh God, no shtick, no Alanis. <laughs> <laughs> Save open. yourself. <laughs> Wasn't enough to make you open wide. Um, oh man. Oh. Okay. I hate everything. So here's my question. Uh, I just want to know from so so I obviously I did not watch this. I was not allowed to TGIF as a child, so I have no frame of reference for any of this. We're not allowed to thank God for the existence of Friday. <laughs> no, God's the Lord's Day is Sunday. We thank Him for everything on Sunday. No thanking otherwise. <laughs> I think yeah, it's it's blasphemous to go get like nachos at a place that invokes God's name just for Fridays on days that are not Friday. It's very troubling. Mm. Also, it's weird that was the was the the was this never mind. Screw it. It doesn't matter. Okay, my question is, Nick. <laughs> it sounds like you watched some of this as a kid. Uh, I watched every most every episode. I think I've seen probably at some point in my life. I've I used to watch TGIF every week, and I have at some point watched. I would I would hazard a guess every Full House episode, and I would ask anyone who was a Full House fan if I'm almost positive the uh, DJ not being able to choose between two men is a storyline from the original series. I feel oh, like for sure. Okay, good. Uh, yeah, like I remember seems- that absolutely happening, but it it and then it was like this weird deja vu as I was watching it, where it was like the same scene fast forwarded thirty years in the future. So do you think? So do you do you love it, or is it just part of your history? Uh, I, I'm a firmly of the belief that there is a point in all of us that nostalgia clouds our ability to make, uh, an objective judgment about anything. And sure. I don't know, like, I'll never be able to tell you if the first Ninja Turtles movie is good or not. Like, I'll never right, be able right. to look at that yeah. through a, a non-loving lens. Yeah, it's just a foundational block of who we are. It's like how you can't go back and time travel and kill Hitler, because then the entire world will Correct. Change. Everything mm-hmm. that I know is based on this Wait, casually assumption. bring that up. <laughs> Great, now we've got to discuss whether or not we can go kill Hitler. Uh, nope, we don't. But, we can just breeze on that. So, what I would say is... Um, I all right. First of all, it is bad, but the original one was bad, and it's a very strange feeling coming back to something once you learn what bad television is. Um, And I would actually hazard to say that I think the Fuller House is probably objectively, technically better than Full House, and that's the weird part about it is that uh, as a show, I think it probably is. It has more freedom and latitude to do what it wants rather than being just a family drama because it it runs a really weird line between like having like Max just 
self-aggrandizing and then talking about uh, Jody Sweeten's boobs for like three scenes in a row. Like it, it is a very strange tone that this show runs, and so strange. Uh, I, I really, I, I, I hate saying it, but I really feel like that some network exec was like, "Hey, you know what? The guys who were there with their wives watching this should have something to think about or look at. So throw that <laughs> in." Like, and it's just very strange. Like, I, I get the really uncomfortable really feeling that I'm thing. almost positive Bob Saget sexually harassed Jody Sweeten at some point on set. Like, I just know that's true in my heart. I know it. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's just, just to get everybody else in on this, Chris and Tanya, it sounds like from your comments about silently screaming while watching this. No, it wasn't silent. It was just wordless. <laughs> okay, wordless screaming while you were watching. Primal. <laughs> I'm going to guess that you two don't have a rich history with this that clouds your judgment. Oh, I've seen a lot of Full House. Ooh, I, I haven't seen I haven't seen all of it the way Nick has. And in fact, like the later episodes, once basically Becky moved in and they had twins, uh, my memory starts to get pretty foggy. Um, but I, I've seen a lot of it. Wait, I think the there were, so that, were the twins played by quadruplets? No, they were just <laughs> twins. You just saw them very briefly. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because um, I do know about Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen, and I do also know that the baby on this show is played by two babies. Yes. And but when you have twins on set, it's uh, maybe they had triplets play the twins, or I'm not sure how they did the rotation. So it's but, not an exponential uh, well, the growth. Twins. The boy twins who were the uh, babies of Jesse and Becky yeah. on yeah, the yeah, show. Yeah. yeah. Um, who then are those surfer college dopes on the show so so you did watch it but it did not maybe, maybe it didn't stick nostalgia uh you know i liked seeing uh jesse and joey and danny not doing their bits but just in their casual chemistry with one another just hanging out yeah seemed all right and that seemed like what the show was uh for full house for me it's sort of like how you could take a lot away from gilmore girls but it's just lorelei and rory just doing their thing um but for me like great now we're gonna fuller talk about house, that like, too humor no <laughs> no we're breezing by uh fuller house like humor has moved on sitcoms have moved on writing directing like you know entertainment television has yeah. moved on since full house and fuller house in its nostalgia is just this reminder of how bad things are and or were or it's a reminder of predictability yeah you know oh interesting yeah sure. tanya what's your history with it um, I didn't like it as a kid. Like, it would come on and I would watch it and I'd be like, I don't enjoy this. <laughs> like, like, when is that? Like, I would be like watching it with the TV guide open on the floor. Like, what is next? <laughs> Can it be here now? <laughs> Interesting. So, okay. So yeah. Nick, Nick, you like it when they drove over the Golden Gate Bridge in the convertible? It was fine. I just, <laughs> it was fine. Did, I just, did, did you like really Carly Rae Jepsen redoing the like, theme song? I, okay, I, I am I am fine with everything that Steal CRJ my compliment. does. She she kills it. Yeah, my, <laughs> but yeah, I, I guess Carly. I just I liked the I, the babies were really cute. I always thought the babies were really cute, and I was always like, oh, look at those cute babies. But most of it, I just was not. So not Nick, is there room in your theory for there to be an an anti nostalgia where you hate something as a kid, like beets or something, and then you can never eat them ever again because you hated it once? Wait, so the idea, yeah, I absolutely, I mean, that's, I think you can be permanently averse to something. I think that <laughs> this show is not going to win you over if you hated right. Full House as a kid. I think it it'll, not sure. seem, <laughs> it'll seem magnifiedly poor. So, yeah. so let's then, let's just finish this segment. Let's run down a list of the flaws, say. Let's, what are, if, let's start with the, the wordless screaming. Uh, what did you guys think? What were the things that were the most grating for you? The studio audience? 
Yeah, we got to talk laugh. about the audience slash laugh <laughs> track. Every time there's a nostalgia callback, the entire audience just loses their shit. Or the, you know, canned audience. Just like, whatever. knock, knock, it's Bob's. <laughs> or the editor there. loses it in the booth and just like it really <laughs> yeah. double layers that sound effect underneath. I, like, yeah. Bob Saget walks in the room for the first time in an episode. Everybody's like, oh, mm-hmm. my God. Yeah, every single time the entire soundboard is like not to fifty. Yeah. <laughs> I the the laugh track, the laughing, like so many things that are not jokes. Yeah, like there are a ton of non jokes. That just yeah, just normal like conversational sentences uh, get huge laughs, and it's every sentence. It's like there's a rhythm to it. It's like we have say a line, laugh, say a line, and it's. Either there's a laugh yeah. track or they're just the people in that audience are high out of their minds. <laughs> it is yeah. just, it is a troubling. Well, I like that image, actually. Well, <laughs> and it's just, it's, I think if you're used to the clip of modern television, the, not only is the laughing like distracting, but it's also time consuming. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like, and, it, and it lends this very surreal like hold for laugh. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the actors and are. Hold. You can tell it's a live audience because they're and all keep holding. They all hold yeah. is the thing. Well, it's like everybody pauses and the scene stops while there's laughter. Yeah. And then they resume again. And it's just very So it doesn't seem like it's a recorded laugh. It, or, it, yeah, it seems it's like, like the animatronic presidents yes. you know, at Disneyland. You're just kind of going through the motions of, I guess, what this thing is. But it's just there's. <laughs> There's nothing there. God damn it! Sign the Constitution already. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it seemed like maybe uh, like it was like I'm sure if it's a live audience that they were instructed on when to laugh. They did not have full like there was a laugh sign. Well, I'm sure. Or yeah. it was all juiced in post because the laughter is just crazy. I, I'd love the idea that maybe like the audience was just being pumped full of uh, nitrous as they walked in, and sure. the whole room uh, was laughing gas, and they just couldn't stop themselves. But. I think it's more likely that it was faked. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that. There, that's the rhythm. But it's like, the full the house thing. conspiracy theory. That <laughs> the, the audience laughter was faked. It never the happened. All we did it to bankrupt the Ruskies. <laughs> <laughs> the explosion came Laugh from the bottom America. of the house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the laughs came from back and to the left. <laughs> back and to the left. I also feel like the catchphrases, which we talked about earlier, felt like this is just a thing that TV has left behind. And it's great yeah. that it did. <laughs> yeah, catchphrases in general. They make me want to die. <laughs> I hate it. Well, I, it, it was like, at least like with like, did I do that? It was always like a big moment. And then he would like Urkel would Urkel the thing. And this yeah. felt like like their their catchphrases were just like random. Like they weren't. It wasn't even like, I get so flustered, I say the same thing every time. It was just like, turn to camera, say the old thing, aw shucks, and then go on. Yes. Oh, it's so weird. Yeah. It was it was a really weird experience. I think, hold uh, on, I, I, I'm going to go a little deeper with this. I think it. that there's like a, like that opening scene is insane, right? Every character, <laughs> yeah. they come in, they each get their 30 second applause, they all say their tagline within Oh, yeah, seconds. they're all sitting down to breakfast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they all s- say their tagline within one fr- line of dialogue, and I think that's like the the producers. And I, I, I think they got something else going on there. I think they're like all easing us in, and they're like, "This is all the familiarity you need. Here it is. It's all right here. Everything that you missed is that's this warm ball. Here it is. It's all safe, and everything is exactly how you remembered it." Like, just a different one of our family's wife died or husband died. 
and you're going to be just fine. Come, yeah. Let's not dwell on that. Yeah. <laughs> it does, Do you think that there's some insidiousness there, Nick? I, I mean, I I think that the producers of this, like, they're jaded Hollywood people. Thirty years later, who are have not moved on from any other projects and are rebooting a terrible eighty like eighties nineties like family show. Like, they have to have some level of like cynicism boiling underneath themselves like they must be they are in on this joke they are not doing this in full sincerity yeah i don't know i i didn't i was hoping for some cynicism or some wry you know sort of black humor about coming back and i didn't see it no it does feel though like it calms down a little from that frenetic pace at the beginning of just Really? Like, would you call that pace frenetic? No, like, well, I guess <laughs> the the frenetic pace of crazy bullshit, like the the pacing <laughs> of we're saying things that are like the like I guess the the circle jerk like calms down, and they actually try to like later. It seems like they're trying to make a show, but it takes a couple episodes. Yeah, did you see the one with Macy Gray where they just referenced that Candace Cameron was in Dancing with the Stars? Yeah, well, and but that's what it's all of that. It's like spoon fed. It's everything. It's like, oh, you like Dirty Dancing? Here's Dirty Dancing. You like this? Here it is for you. Like yeah. they just, it is pure. That's why I call it porn. It's pure nostalgia delivery. It's like straight to the veins, injected into your heart. Is that how nostalgia. you're taking your pornography? Oh, just straight in. Just it might like be I a little it, aggressive. I inject it into my gums, and I just like <laughs> in your gums. I need it into my bloodstream as soon as possible. Yeah, but the gums <laughs> is like the most painful direction into your bloodstream. Why would know, you do that? It, it, it just feel, it feels right. It feels right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Delectable mingling. Can I tell you what I hate most? Tell yes, me. please do. Please. Um, it's just this completely gormless approach to difficulty in life like and this i think probably but maybe Mm. not i don't i'm not gonna say i was that astute a child i just i'm really troubled by the idea that we're approaching things like being a single parent being a fucking widow with such like blase abandon it's just like (laughs) i don't know it's tough i guess if you cry into a baby monitor seven people show up to help you at every turn give you a house and like yeah yeah, it's just it's it's not just that she's a single mom and a widow it's that also her kids are demanding that she help her dog deliver puppies right then and and like there's just a lot of crazy going on there's just a lot of i actually have a theory about that and i want to discuss that later but um I do think there's a possibility that this world is this is not intended to take place in our universe. Yeah, do you think this is the bumper bowling of universes? <laughs> Hold on, we must give Chris his due for yeah, that. Yeah, that was solid. That was magnificent. Uh, this is just no, no, no. There's no gutters. Don't worry. God, you're, yeah, trying, you're not allowed to feel a feeling mode. without getting a house given to you. With, like these people entered a cheat code before they started playing in life. And things just work out. Yeah, you can't miss that badly. Yeah, it's just like, I don't know. It's like helicopter parenting a group of adults. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. And also, like, think of Kimmy. Kimmy is going through a divorce or at least a separation to a person who's out of her league. She's been cuckolded. Yeah, she's been cuckolded. (laughs) But not in the fun way. Yeah. Yeah. What? (laughs) Anyway. Stop trying to make that a thing. Hold on. Kimmy looks pretty... She looks pretty baller still. Like, well, she can, like, I, so, well, I just, no, that's why I object aw. to this league talk. Like, oh, Fernando, I, thought, no, I like it Kimmy should be a lot. so lucky. But I thought that was, like, the joke is, like, this, how could this hot guy like her? Like, that feels like 
clearly that was what they were spoon feeding. I guess. Well, no, it's just that the uh, it, the adults yeah. from Full House just always think of her as weird neighbor girl, and right? Annoying and annoying. I think I I feel like annoying is the thing that they are always at- attaching to her, not necessarily that she's some sort of doll. Well, they are right about that. <laughs> that is still sure. true. Although interestingly like, enough, not the most annoying person on the show. Oh, I know who that is. <laughs> Who's know. that? Who's oh, your it's, it's Max. Oh, really? That kid hurts me. And uh, oh, I don't want to talk so I don't want to talk shit on a 7-year-old, but <laughs> I will talk like shit. I will talk shit. I will talk vicious <laughs> shit on the writers and the director who's like whose one note is be more cloying. You're not cloying enough. You're not parents. He's the like <laughs> They I liked Max. Did so, oh weird. my god, I hated him so bad. You liked I hated Max? Him. No, Tanya, Tanya, tell me, tell me this thing about the parents. Yeah, what? Just who lets their child act this way <laughs> in a project and is like, "Yep, you're doing great. Yeah, you're gonna not regret this, this as an adult." Yeah, no, you should just keep screaming every one of your lines. That's such a good idea. Oh, such look, a good another direction. check from ABC. <laughs> <laughs> Fascinating. I actually found yeah. Max to be the least objectionable character. Oh. I felt like, besides the puppies. Um, you I, mean the, the puppies that are like twice the size of the dog they just came out of? Yes. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I had something about Max that I didn't entirely hate. Maybe it's because I hated everybody else. I mean, I couldn't say it. DJ sounds like Sarah Palin, and it's so hard she for me. Does. She has a pretty hardcore Midwestern thing, which Candace, Candace Cameron is sort of a... Well, conservative political figure, let's oh, say. Oh, is she really? Yes. Oh, I don't need that in my life. Yeah, she's she's one of these uh, abstinence-only education. Oh, I was afraid you'd of... say that. <laughs> Does she not know yeah, that's she, how you make twins? So the fact that she sounds like Sarah Palin is actually, you know, fits. Yeah, so maybe it's not actually a Midwestern accent. Like, it's a there's a viewpoint attached to that accent. It's a political accent. <laughs> mm, I'm unwilling to go that far. No. <laughs> Yeah, fine, coward. I'm gonna go all the yeah. way. There you go. Uh, so Tanya, what? So okay. So I want you to hate more on the on the parents or on the on Max or on anything really. I'm enjoying this. Ugh, I just. Did you like Jackson? Cool, thirteen-year-old Jackson. Oh, oh, okay. Here we go. Um, <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about Kimmy's daughter, shall we? Ramona. Oh, Ramona. okay. Yeah, Ramona. I'm ready. Ramona, who is like such a ham-fisted approach to race. Her entire spiel about how white this family is is then like described by things that are also the color white. It doesn't make any sense. Like. Ah, I, I like I, I I cease to have words to describe how frustrating <laughs> it is that her like critique of this family's whiteness then devolves into like here's a list of white things in even whiter things. That's but not do anything you, do you about think maybe anything. a thirteen year old wouldn't be able to be as nuanced. Well, it's possible, Chris, that she was but written then, by adults. Oh, that's true. <laughs> and if you're written by adults, like why would you why would you simplify a racial argument to such a terrible place like as as the character of color on the show yeah like you're the only one (laughs) and this is your idea of like what's racially troubling about this family don't give her the bill for being like diverse (laughs) (laughs) she's like eight (laughs) i know this is but this is the thing it's like and why write this character onto the show when you're not giving her anything to do except for like a bucket of stereotypes that she's just going to churn for the rest of her Obviously, the person who's in charge of discussing race is Fernando. (laughs) He has just just such a hard time with Fernando. He can't stop dancing tango. It just happens to him randomly. 
Yeah, there's tango. Well, no, sometimes he dances salsa. Yeah, that's, maybe that's what I meant. Maybe salsa. <laughs> I just want to tell you also that like, the, the kid who plays Max, Elias Harger, badass headshot on IMDb. <laughs> I, you know, I looked at uh, Kimmy Gibbler's headshot, and I'm not sure what your headshot rating matrix is like. Oh, really? Yeah, I think she looks good. I'd love to know more. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just I think she looks good. I think that is a uh, I I think that is a, a good look for her. Like if you saw that in a theater program, you'd be like, oh. No, I just feel like I want to cast you more than I did from watching you actually act. But check out, okay, check out Elias Harger in his little hoodie. He looks rad. I mean, they're children. They're children. And like, I have nothing against, like, this girl should get cast in other stuff. Go for it, by all means. I'm just saying, like, putting a child in this position and then also putting their parent who was, you know, in a relationship with this child's father. And I in some world they must have had some kind of discussion around race and how like some people are this and some people are that and then to take in all this commentary and just kind of be like nah i don't know i don't have a sophisticated lens through which to discuss any of this bye it's just so unnecessary like why even bring it up yeah it's terrible Uh, (laughs) i'm just gonna i'd just like to punctuate that with the fact that kimmy gibbler was also in the skateboard kid 2 in 1995 hmm Good career on that lady. <laughs> oh, she was, I bet she's a real here's, neat lady. Here's the important thing that I think we all need to take into account is that these people were more successful than us than all of us put together in 1987 yeah. and after their show crashed or not crashed, just vanished into and obscurity and, and, did eventually, and then and then was time. reborn they're still more famous than anything we've ever done like that well, oh yeah this is the weird thing and i think nothing illustrates that better than jody sweeten uh stephanie tanner right because she was on full house she grew up on television classic child actor thing the show ends she's 13 and she's an alcoholic or you know she's got a series of is that true or you just problems. made that up no uh, this is absolutely true, true. Okay. it was yeah. a safe yeah. guess this but is, i just wanted yeah, to be sure I'm she was basically familiar like, with her through her like people magazine tell all than i am thinking of her on that show but in these interviews when they were like we're getting the band back together she was the big cheerleader because she's she hasn't done anything since and the show like doing the show makes her feel whole in a way that nothing else has before because that was her definition of happiness success you know kind of having that family structure around her and so these people are all coming back to this show that like whether or not it's a good show in some ways at least for jody is kind of beside the point and that's a really interesting thing to me. Whoa. That's what, Nick? Deeply sad. No. I, Candace Cameron. It, oh, just you know, that. Like, yeah, just that. No, that, I just think that's... I mean, that, that's... We just have to go... Full House perfectly encapsulates this, like, moment in time for what we thought the world was like and just what the 90s were like. And For some, I yeah, guess. Yeah, not for me, but yeah. Keep, but keep going. no, no, no. I don't mean that real life was like that, but that was how life was portrayed. And it's really weird seeing that out again because I feel like no one is ready to accept that. It's like we've seen through the Matrix and that's sure. like, and we can't accept yeah. this. It breaks our brain now. I think I that's, think, yeah, the, that's the, point. the discord that's going on in our brains. And that is, sort of fits with, fits with the race discussion that like you'd expect it to be a thing that people in 1995 in San Francisco don't talk about. But when you do a show set now in a $3 million house in San Francisco, you'd be le- it, this should be a less ham-handed uh, discussion. This is something that they should have actually put some thought into. Yeah, but but the show couldn't because the show doesn't isn't built to 
at all address any of those things. Full House, I think, actually, there was a weird, if I'm, if my brain's digging deep enough, I remember there was an episode where I think DJ struggled with either, like, an anorexia or something, which is really weird that they went there. I remember, like, she was trying to work out for hours and hours on end trying to get for this date or dance or whatever the hell they had to do. But, like, I guess maybe they did touch on that. I, I don't know. My brain is too well, foggy on this. that was, like, a this. classic thing to, like one a very special, a very episode. special episode but yeah but yeah. wasn't this a I mean, show just borrowing from quincy me at this point <laughs> <laughs> shout out to my quincy fans we're saved by the bell oh jesse well <laughs> wasn't this a show though where like basically it resets every week so yeah 100 percent. like so she would be like i've gone through anorexia and the next week she's just fine again yeah, there was not a. I mean, but that was television. We're we're viewing it through a weird lens of having this like golden because age of they television. Made it today. Yeah, no, and that's true. Yeah, and today we we have Deadwood and Breaking Bad. Exactly, we live back. it today. Snakes, haters, and I made myself so easy to love. Hey, hosers! Welcome back to another episode of Hockey Talkie, the mini podcast on the Sesame Network about all the news, insights, and of course, fights from one of the world's top five best ice-based games, hockey. Hockey Talkie is brought to you by Read It and Weep. <laughs> nope, Read Dash Weep. <laughs> Not super Canadian sounding either. Hockey Talkie. <laughs> all right, Hockey Talkie is brought to you by Read slash Amazon. Each episode, we try our best to hold up a conversation about a sport we know next to nothing about using the outline of a show written by an expert. Let's start with today's face-off, courtesy of Nick, the Enforcer. Thanks, Chris. Today's face-off is between David Pasternak and the water bottle of Carolina Hurricanes goaltender Cam Ward. Everyone knows how we feel about the Bruins, but Pasternak tied the game in the third period with a brilliant no-look goal. He completely faked out Ward by looking away from the net as he was going to pass, but before flicking the puck to the top of the net. But the real loser of that play was Ward's water bottle, which took a direct hit from that bomb and exploded all over the ice. Frankly, I think it's cool that they just leave their water bottles out on the ice like that. Oh, it's very common. It's very common, Alex. Those uh, water bottles are strategically placed on the ice to cause the maximum amount of chaos. Well, and you think, you know, the water bottle, when it explodes all over the ice, it's got to fill in some of the divots, sort of like a mini Zamboni. So the ice is going to be faster behind the goal, which is very important for, uh, you know, those offensive passes. Yeah, Zamboni. (laughs) That is correct. That is correct. That is a hockey-related word. (laughs) Good good inclusion there, Tanya. And now, with the injury report, it's Tanya. Thanks, Chris. The Canadian's P.K. Subban is out with a non-serious neck injury. The Canadian star defenseman suffered the neck injury against Montreal when teammate Alexei Emelin accidentally ran into him. Colorado Avalanche captain Gabriel Landskog drew a three-game suspension for a cross-check to Anaheim's Simon Mm Deprez. The hit to Simon Simon Depre. Do we know? Sure. 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 The hit to Simon Depre (laughs) Deprez. neck area came during the third period Wednesday. And lastly, Edmonton Oilers defenseman. Oh my God. (laughs) Okay. And lastly, Edmonton Oilers defenseman Darnell nurse has been, uh, has been suspended three games by the NHL's department of player safety under rule 46.2 for his altercation with San Jose sharks defenseman, Roman Polak to jog your memory rule 4.62 states 
the aggressor in an altercation shall be the player who continues to throw punches in an attempt to inflict punishment to his opponent who is in a defenseless position or who is in an unwilling who is an unwilling combatant. Well, that's very interesting, Tanya. And, you know, thanks for running down those injuries. It's very interesting that Rule 46.2 talks about the aggressor being the person who keeps throwing punches. Yes, so it's not who throws the first punch, it's who keeps throwing punches. Well, as we know, the 46.2 is a revision on 46.1, which clearly stated the inverse, which caused a wide amount of chaos and then a huge discrepancy among different teams in the league about which should be the proper course of action. Yeah, that's true. Sure. It was a much worse game back when it was uh, cool to hit an unwilling combatant now that it's uh, only between willing combatants i think it's a it's a better game right the crowd loves it and i think you see that with the attendance whereas you, you don't love zamboni that is spot on spot on there are zambonis in hockey that is correct totally true uh i'm also troubled by the phrase non-serious neck injury is that like it itches like i think it's a pretty serious part of the neck you know part of the body i think normally that just means non-spinal Oh. With regards to hockey injuries, as far as but non even the non spine parts, like all like veins and shit. Hockey injuries are graded on a different scale than other sports, as oh, most hockey players are vastly superior athletes than any other, like baseball player, for instance. That sound means it's time to wrap things up with our power play segment. Alex? Yeah, thanks, Chris. Today's power play came from uh, the owners of the U.S. Hockey League's Muskegon Lumberjacks and was at the expense of the players. We're all used to cheesy promotions and ugly one-off uniforms, but the Lumberjacks have outdone themselves with this uniform designed to look like the whole team is at the beach. They're a beige layer with painted-on Hawaiian shorts, muscle tees, and even Hawaiian lays. They make the Lumberjacks look like they all just got back from a vacation to douche town. It's really weird that the uh, <laughs> those uniforms are just something else, man. Yeah, they're uh, real bad. <laughs> And I like that the the picture I included. They don't look happy because you could you wouldn't be wearing that. Oh, they don't look happy. I love the board shorts. It's a cool casual look. You already got that in the hockey uniform. I actually like the lace. The worst part is flesh tone. Flesh tone is never actually the flesh tone of the players. And now most of the time it's too pale on on people in in this in North America. But for hockey players, it's far too dark. These people look like they're spray tanned on, uh, you know, from the chest down, and then they've got pale pale. Faces. It's almost offensive, really. It, yeah. It also is weird that it looks like their uh, numbers are tattooed on their their arms. That's true. Although, isn't yours? Uh, my number uh, is too long. Well, that's it. Uh, Tanya, do you have a hockey deal for us from read-weep.com slash Amazon? I do. Today's deal is Franklin Sports NHL one-time hockey passer. It's an... Oh, sorry. It's an automated automated passer that allows you to tr- to work on your one-time shots on goal. Wow. Just $22 and free prime shipping. Very cool. What a deal. But of course, anything you buy from read-weep.com slash Amazon will support Read It and Weep and all the great mini podcasts on the Sesame Network. We'll check you again soon with another episode of Hockey Talkie. In the meantime... Fuck the Bruins. That's right. Fuck all Bruins. We're out. What about the puck, though? What? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, you guys, uh, really quick, it's time for a game of top three today. Top three. Uh, three. So we first up... A ton of great Twitter feedback and Facebook feedback. Yeah, we, we got a lot of great feedback. Uh, not, a lot of stuff that was like fun to talk about that didn't, like, was great uh, input but wasn't like perfect for this. Didn't really work for talking about. Okay. A lot of stuff Sorry was, to interrupt and sorry to make you edit. No, no, it's fine. It's just that uh, a lot of it was like, yeah, she did sound like Sarah Palin or I hate this. 
Um, her boobs are big. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. It wasn't a lot of like discussion starting questions, but just good I point. I feel like we might want to go to that. I don't, don't make me go there. I can't be held accountable for what I say. <laughs> I think you've said enough. So the question is... This isn't all my drool. Some of it was on me before. <laughs> There's a dog. He wandered right by. Dog. Yeah, it was Comet Junior, Junior, Junior. <laughs> All right. So my first question to you guys is, uh, what show from your childhood would you like to see a zombie television show update? A lot of shows, and this is not the first one that's coming back from the dead with a slightly altered cast, but a lot of the same cast. Oh, man. Um, oh, I, I know it. Because there's obviously it, Girl Meets World is one of them. Anyway, so what's one from your childhood you want to see? I want to see Knight Rider. Ooh. Um, not that it would have to change much, but with the ongoing, you know, kind of developing issue of self-driving cars in the industry of cars, and they're, oh. they're all coming out, I think there's a nice space for uh, Kit to come back and really show us the way. Plus, uh, Mr. Feeney's the voice, and I will take his voice over most car voices. Oh, Mr. Any Feeney. Yeah. I would also enjoy having, uh, like, David Hasselhoff's Hello. son or daughter has the car now. Oh, you think? I just wanted the Hoff. <laughs> well, but I think I think the way the series, the like the idea is like the Hoff would make an appearance, but it would be like his daughter has a Prius that is Knight Rider now or mm. something. Oh, okay, sure, sure, okay. sure. It's, it's just yeah. Siri. It's just CarPlay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I I never watched Knight Rider. What else can uh, can Kit do? Well, Kit can drive the car uh-huh. uh, himself. And uh, Kit is also a supercomputer. So Kit, you know, can put together a lot of information, some of it location-based. I mean, a lot that your phone can do now, frankly. Yeah, I was going to say, like, a supercomputer in 82 is probably less powerful than a bad phone. But the other thing is his garage, his mobile garage, was a semi-truck. So they'd flip down the door and he'd drive up. Nice! And then they'd, like, do work, like, they'd, you know, on the road, they'd do work on him. Or, you know, they could get out and do other stuff. Yeah. They Pretty did that good. on a Mythbusters one. once where they actually drove up into the back of a moving truck and it was difficult. Really yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. Um, T Dave, you got one? I yeah. have one. Yeah, please. I have to ring the insufferable bell really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the show from my childhood that I would really love to see brought back is Lovejoy. Whoa. Lovejoy. That was a childhood show? That was my childhood show. Wow. Ian McShane is a lovable rogue art antique dealer <laughs> who deals with small petty crimes and occasionally a murder, but honestly, mostly it's just like theft and stuff, you guys. Yeah. It is so good. Ian McShane. Ian McShane is still around. He could come back and do it. Well, and, and, you know, his, they could just... His daughter is now a detective. Uh, maybe yeah maybe maybe he is working with his daughter and you know i feel like a lot of the original cast members are just like on midsummer murders most weeks so like yeah you could just do this just make lovejoy happen again (laughs) i hope i made like one person happen what would be (laughs) i'm trying to think of it'd be like uh well there has to be like a sequel name where it's like a little altered off the name right like girl meets world and fuller house i want to know what lovejoy would be falling in lovejoy no yeah (laughs) it's kind of fun (laughs) no (laughs) <laughs> falling in love joy it's just it's Eve McShane tripping <laughs> uh i'd like I even would, more love joy i would really like to see an update of alex mack um mm. the yeah. the adult world of alex mack where she uses her power of Go tur- on. turning into a puddle to like get out of work meetings and stuff <laughs> oh sure oh. i would love to she, see that applied to an adult broad telekinesis power she was really overpowered come to think of it <laughs> Well, the somebody needs only- to nerf her when we do the, uh, <laughs> the the new version. I like that we could do. Uh, I do feel like we're covering a broad swath of the audience with a Lovejoy reference followed by those two nerdy comments. <laughs> yeah. 
I I always liked Alex Mack. I, I was my first thought was Clarissa uh, like apologizes for it all or whatever. Oh, no. oh boy! But I I have tried to keep up with her a little bit, uh, Clarissa. And God's it, not dead too. Coming Melissa up, Joan Hart. Melissa Joan Hart is she became a nightmare and. So I'm really looking forward to God's Not Dead 2 so that I can, like, if just for closure. I just need to close out that chapter of my life by seeing her in that movie, and it'll, I'll be so angry that I'll never think of her again. There is something to be said for, like, a grown woman using some sort of whiteboard pen on the television screen to, like, explain something to you. Like, oh, sure. like a UPS like, ad? Listen, ladies, this is the right fit for a bra. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> that's where you go like I don't know this I show is not like about a more me anymore Mrs. Krabappel is now yeah. Clarissa yeah I feel like this show has left me behind alright uh, <laughs> next up uh, it's sort of like no retreat no surrender but let's talk about the plot of this show the next show of this show 20 years later called holy shit that's a really that house is a lot of goddamn people and it's very full available <laughs> only to subscribers of Mindflix because mm. in the future they'll just beam movies into your brain it's a Mindflix exclusive. So where do these characters go in 20 years? Like, what's their... Like, when Max is grown up and he is running the show... He becomes... Oh, a, boy. Like, a, he, he becomes president. I think that's, like, once oh. we live through the Donald Trump presidency... Full White like, House. that's the... Yeah, he becomes the... He becomes the Donald Trump, like, character. Oh, he's evil, oh, you know too. What? Max is a dick. Yeah. Also, yeah, and actually, after San Andreas and San Andreas 2, that might be our nation's capital and our nation's White House. <laughs> True. Uh, I don't know if you guys noticed this. I've been really sensitive to editing lately, but mm-hmm. uh, the Donald Trump line in the pilot is dubbed. That is not what he says. Right. And I and I can't. Oh. I couldn't. I couldn't read his lips. I couldn't figure out what he actually says. But that was clearly a joke that was added in post. Yeah. It seems far too current and far too. Yeah. Like. I don't know. The aware. one piece of biting political humor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> a little too unrelated to how the rest of this terrible show. Yeah. Yeah. I I hate I hate when a show tries to be super relevant like that because I oh, it also means that if you watch this in a month, it won't make sense anymore. Unless Nick is right and Trump becomes president. He will be. <laughs> it's just the, is this the, one of those non-judgmental things? Y- or yep, yep, this okay. is again pure ontology. <laughs> okay, good. Uh I that, that's probably enough that's not a great game all right lastly this also comes from Kellen who's getting a lot of airplay today Kellen asks is Uncle Jesse and Becky for that matter some sort of ageless immortal uh, will the show reveal vampirism to explain this and I think it, you could read that question as being about how they look or you could read that as a question about what is actually going on in this series what is this universe like Chris thinks it's bumper bumper bowling uh, for life, yeah. uh, Kellen thinks maybe there's some vampires going on. What other backstory could make it make sense where this is actually a great show? Just in a world, yeah, do you think they about? have to flee San Francisco for LA because they have like drained all the blood of San Francisco? Oh, that could be it. To another bigger city, even if they're not vampires, I like the idea that they're actually criminals. Like this is all oh, a mob. This is a mob family, and so everyone's acting super weird because they're trying to seem normal because they know the FBI is listening in on them. Hmm. So all of they're all dead. (gasps) (gasps) That's really good too. Like I could really get with this show if at some point it turned out they were all dead. Yeah. Good. (laughs) I mean, this is sort of like one change now, but I love it. So, so what what happens if they're all dead, Tanya? What does that make work for you? I guess 
you know, you have to, I, I like the idea that the show like gets several more seasons with Netflix and you have to stay with it through the tedium. And then at some point, just like these little death becomes her touches start happening. I love it. Like maybe a door swings too lo- too wide and someone's being spray painted back into place. Or like, <laughs> yeah. you know. <laughs> or like somebody like, you know, has a hole through them that never gets repaired. Yeah. Yeah. People, <laughs> somebody falls off a balcony and there's like a shoulder bolt where there shouldn't be, but like nobody really addresses it. Like just just like stuff like they just start to kind of fall apart but it's never commented upon yeah i would watch the shit out of that show also the behavior of comet junior 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 gets very apparent dark (laughs) here's what i think it happens i think uh kimmy from being so ostracized for so many years has like retreated into the mountains and this is her fan fiction to what her life might have been and that's why like and so kimmy is this this is her in a in a dark place feverishly scribbling onto sheets and notebooks of paper like like john doe in seven and you're just gonna find it somewhere where she has written the entire lives of what her life could have been because if you look who wait Last episode, who gets married? Who's the central focal point? Kimmy. Who gets everything she's ever wanted to live in the house, to be there next to things, Shit's to, get, almost too to make out, her. to make out with Jody Sweeten? Like that happens. Yeah. Um, it is Kimmy at the central point, planning all the things that she needs for her life and just wish fulfillment. This is her in her desperate attempt to recapture the, what her life could have been. You guys have yeah, done just it cradling me. a mossy rock like it's her daughter. <laughs> 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 I, oh i'm into it <laughs> you guys have both made this show more ta- more palatable <laughs> or at least the memory of this show i yeah, don't want to watch not it, touching again. it again i'm too busy with the bachelor i'm going back yeah. to the episodes i missed mm. <laughs> <laughs> i was thinking about that with the bachelor but not this show <laughs> nick uh I want to give you one more second. So we're going to wrap up here in a second. But I want you, if there's anything else you feel like we have not done justice to the show, this is your chance. Okay. So here's, okay. The, I don't mean to try and defend the show because I don't think it's defensible. What I think this show is immune to is criticism. I think <laughs> the there's a difference between me saying that it's a good show and it that versus me saying that this is a show that's beyond criticism. This is a show that's not, sure. was never intended for you to like to leap over artistic uh hurdles this is not trying for that and it perfectly Mm -hmm. captures what it's intended to do which is i think the sitcom equivalent of the late uh with like jimmy fallon's tonight show i think it is a show that eases you in tonight as you deal with the fact that you've made poor choices had a family like like live a menial life with a menial wife in a in a place that you don't care about in a job you don't love and then all of the things that you failed at and never achieved this is a show that sort of is a shot in the arm that sedates you to get you through one more week of your miserable life and i think that to take that away and criticize it is to miss the point of the show and that's so do it. you think that if i do not get the point of the show that means my life is good no, it's not. Uh, it's not mutually. Too, it. It's like I mean, it's Nick. Like, I think you just described television. <laughs> I don't know that that's this show. Yeah. So I. So yeah. I could just watch Deadwood. I don't have to watch this. Yeah, you could to get, totally watch Deadwood. Yeah, you can watch whatever you need to watch, Alex. <laughs> w- whatever I eases really you into the good. pain. That would have been better. I really wish that's what had been the punchline of that. <laughs> no, buddy, you're doing good. You're, you're doing good. <laughs> that's what television. 
television tells me every night. All right, so let's let's let that lead into our minor compliments. Uh, by the way, if you want to play top five or top three, top five. If you want to submit questions or games or uh, flights of fancy you want to watch us participate, listen to us participate in, go to readduckweep.com, uh, or go to our Facebook page, or go to our Twitter at read underscore weep, and you can submit your questions there. Now we're going to reverse order compliments. So I'm up first. I like Macy Gray. I like her as a performer, and I also enjoyed her uh, looking out at the show saying, why am I here? I have a Grammy. Yeah. (laughs) And that's one of those jokes that's like a little too real. But isn't Macy Gray a little too real? (laughs) Just consistently. Oh, (laughs) mic drop. (laughs) I don't know what that means. Am I not supposed to like Macy Gray? Oh, no, you can absolutely like Macy Gray. I like her voice. It's weird. I love weird voices in singing she's very bluesy anyway she's not a great actor she had a lot of trouble with some of her lines um but then when she sung her new song i actually kind of liked it and uh her duet was kind of nice i was all right that's why she was there so she nailed it yeah she was yeah that's what i figured to remind people that like the this show uh she still exists (laughs) uh do you not like macy gray tanya I have a really conflicted relationship. I, people used to tell me I looked like Macy Gray, which I didn't... I mean, no shade to Macy Gray, but I didn't take that as a compliment. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, because seriously, she, a, Macy Gray looks like you. Obviously. Well, no. I mean, she also just like was... I mean, think about Macy Gray at her peak. She was, you know, uh, sort of... Uh, she was aggressively eccentric yeah. and, um, and did a lot of like pube humor. I don't know if anyone remembers that. I there do was not. That, like, no, I do not remember that. Some serious pube humor. Um, there was just a lot of like intensity around. Could you explain a little better a, what pube humor means? I just remember there was a whole thing about her. I don't. I, I actually don't think that she was the one who who was doing was the doing the joking. I think that there was a joke about her. I swear this is a thing, and I'm starting to feel really nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that time you sat there cuddling that mossy rock talking about Macy Gray's pubes? <laughs> no, no, I swear this is a thing. Um, uh, hold on. Let me uh, put ad- add to my Google search history. Macy Gray pube. <laughs> no. <laughs> pube humor. No, okay. MTV's Video Music Awards in the year 2000. Oh, nice. There was a parody of a Macy Gray video where she was w- where one of the comedians pretending to be Macy Gray was wearing an afro bush of bright red pubic hair. Wow. This is a thing that happened, guys. I'm just saying. Interesting. I mean, I'm just saying. It, that is <laughs> definitely a thing that happened. It's, it's, it's fine. It's fascinating that that's your a, only like that's your your first know, association with her. As an uncertain and sort of unfortunate looking young person, being told repeatedly that I looked like Macy Gray didn't make me feel very no. good, is what I'm saying. Totally. Alex. No, totally get it. Totally get it. Yep. Uh, here, I was just thinking about her music because no one's ever told me I look like her. <laughs> well, that's probably, you know, neither here nor there. <laughs> uh, Chris, I think that's your turn. What's your minor compliment? Oh, uh, my minor compliment is uh, food-based. I guess I'm taking the role of Ezra on this one. Sure. Uh, but there seems to be a lot of snacks around the house, and you could just like wander they into the kitchen. eat a lot of cold fried chicken, which was unnerving Cold to fried me. chicken is there, but also just like there's a cake, and you can just have some cake if you want. Well, the cake uh, was to cookies. apologize, I think. I know. There's a lot of apologizing on this show, though. <laughs> Apology cake. You know? That's the only way to make it feel better. Eat your yeah. feelings. <laughs> yeah. But if you are a kid or you're a Chris, for example, and you're wandering through and you want a tasty treat, 
there's a good chance that that's going to happen because when you have it that full of a house, you have to make food all the time. Oh, that's true. And meanwhile, you know, I grew up with uh, just the two parents and the one sibling, and there was not just food grazing. And the other, the weird thing about that family too is that you and your sister, because they're twins, you were playing one child. Yeah, I know that was. So there was a only weird enough food for one of, of a kid. Yeah, yeah. it's a tough life. <laughs> tough. Uh, Tanya, but, yeah. what's your minor compliment? Um, I I would like to compliment the various garments that kept Jody Sweeten's top front in place. <laughs> yeah. They worked the hardest of the whole show. They worked. <laughs> they were the hardest so working hard. members hardest of this cast. And at first, at first I was sort of mortified and then at a certain point I was just like I was kind of drawn in. Like I was just like this is incredible. Yeah. Like I, this is top-notch work. Like everything looks like where it should be like in terms of like aesthetics but then at the same time like you know there's no like squashing or flattening like it was just really impressive i was really at the risk of going too far into this i am not entirely clear on what you guys are talking about i did not so stephanie tanner jody sweet yeah is large chested yeah i did not super notice that can i ask a clarifying question and i'm zero percent joking but nick tell me your question uh that my clarifying question is I honestly don't know, but I my my young brain doesn't remember them being like that. Maybe she didn't hit puberty at thirteen, but was that is that a her is that a her natural feature? state I'm of, of affairs? Post? Yes, I'm asking if that's uh, <laughs> post production. Is that industrial light and magic? <laughs> was ILM involved? Um, signs point to quite possibly. Okay. But but at the same time, it doesn't take anything away from the performance to me, right? I'm I'm enveloped in the story no matter what, right? Whether or not they're practical, whether or not they're practical lines. effects, or if they're uh, if they're CG, there's some Mad Max like, style compositing yeah. going on. Yeah, I really I was I was like more into it than I expected to be. I will say that. Oh, into like, her top front wardrobe. Well, just all yeah, the whole. Th- I just thought I was I, like the first scene. I was like, well, this is strange. And then like by scene like three of the wardrobe choices, I was like, I'm feeling, I'm feeling. You go, girl. You get it. I, I get it. You get it. We all get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did not notice this, and I don't know if that's good. I'm not. I'm not sure. Liar. Off. I'm, Liar. I'm Liar. Out. No idea what to say. <laughs> <laughs> I just have no idea what you're talking about. No, the reason why I know he's not lying is because he just sounds so confused. <laughs> I would love to be participating. This sounds like a fun conversation. <laughs> I, I mean, and I, yeah, I mean, I guess this is a that's a further compliment to the hard work and fabric that kept everything in line. Um, yeah, I, don't know, I just don't feel like this is a plot point. I was so concerned that she like. Wait, how do you know? No, it, no, but there was. It was a plot point many times. Like in the show, her boobs become <laughs> central plot points. See, I don't remember that joke. I, I mean, I don't remember that plot. <laughs> she played Coachella. Alex, do you have some sort of boob amnesia? What's going on? <laughs> I, yep, I guess I do. I don't know. It's okay, Alex. It's okay. This is a safe place. I just was not expecting to be the one person who could not adequately discuss the boob situation on this show today. I've tried very hard not to. I have like I have jammed. I've like crushed it down. 
because I've had, a, I think, a crush on her half my life. So I've like, it's been a very weird state of affairs for me. Oh yeah, I saw you tweet about that. Did did watching her in this show rekindle any any sort of emotions? Oh, it stirred them all up. All the embers be burning. Like it's she's just got so much <laughs> Reno in her, like that it feels like. Oh, is she a Reno kid? No, but she's but she got it like in her. It? Like yeah, she's like. Do you just I, mean like, she's trashy? Is that all you're yes, saying? Yes, I do. In the show, <laughs> yes. In, she seems like she might not lo- have left the place she grew up in the most loving way I can I can say. Nick, that leaves you. What's your minor compliment? <laughs> My minor compliment is for Hunter Pence, uh, the San Francisco Giants baseball player who makes a brief cameo in towards Aww. the end. And what I love about him is that, in addition to being an excellent uh, major league baseball player, he also keeps up with all of the actors in the show his complete first time acting performance is as good or better than any standard issue cast member in this show and that's great and he's just like what a great skill for him to just be able to be like yeah i can do the thing that you guys do also i'm a major league baseball player (laughs) you know i followed the giants just a little bit over the past few years and he does seem like he just has kind of a a neat personality and he just probably went on the show and was himself and him at himself is at the same level or better than anybody else on this show yeah that is true i i would like if there was like if this was a full crossover where like max had to go pitch in a game (laughs) i think that would be good like the whole game like or at least three innings like he has to play three full innings (laughs) Is he you gonna, think he is can he make play it? him silently? Because that would be fine with me. Well, if, if, he, if he pitches like he plays Jenga, I don't want to be there. <laughs> uh, Pence is not a pitcher. Um, nope. Good. It was just guessing. But Max okay. would be. How could you? I don't know why you hate Max. I thought he was fun. Oh. <laughs> Weird. Yeah, no. I, I just, here's the I'm thing. Sorry. No, here's here's what it is. Weirdly, like I can accept all of the cheesiness and nostalgia of that show. I think the issue with Max is it feels like a cheaper clone of what they tried to do with Michelle, which was already terrible, right? And playing up her maximum cute all the time thing. Yeah, right. It just it it doesn't read as well with him because he's a he's a child. He's not an infant. Where it's like he's too old to be played that way and it's just that's why he looks so good in his in a vest yeah he's got great bow ties and he seems like a a fine young man and i and i blame purely the directors and the writers of that uh because i i'm not in the business of of shaming a young child actor but um i i like can't believe they like the manipulation that the directors and writers tried to do with that character and it just seems like such a a a terrible choice. Yeah. See, I just feel like I must have watched a different show than you guys. Because <laughs> there was a cute kid and no boobs in the show that I watched. But you do know that Meryl Streep was definitely the rabbi, right? I, like, I can, I can fathom that now, but it never occurred to me while it was happening. All right, you guys, that is it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we're going to be back again next week. Next week, we're, sponsor- we're starting our sponsored episode cycle. I'm going to try to call them cycles now instead of seasons. Yeah. Tyra. Uh, Tyra, baby. Uh, yeah, we got a lot of good Tyra mail, and uh, now we're going to be doing uh, some of the sponsors. So uh, thank you, everybody who sponsored, everybody who tried to sponsor. Uh, we appreciate it. We'll get you another time. Um, 
that starts next week. Uh, also, uh, thanks for. Ch- hopefully, you checked out that bonus. And also, coming up this week, we're gonna have a bonus about the end of The Bachelor. So, maybe even I'm so excited. It may have already actually dropped at this point. It's weird. Um, yeah, probably our mini soda hasn't dropped, but The Bachelor definitely has dropped. We'll see. A lot of dropping. Oh man, we're dropping so a lot excited. of podcasts. Google Ben choose. I mean, uh-huh. we hope we know, but you know. Uh, Oh, you, you no, I hope you I want know. to be dollhead. I just want everyone to be as miserable as Kayla had to be. Kayla's got my heart forever. All right. Anyway, uh, so that's coming up this week. Um, thanks for being here, as always, at C. Walter Smith. Oh, yeah. And at the Tanya Best. You know it. And at Nick's Funeral. Thanks for coming in, buddy. Full House Season 2. Fuller House. The fullest house. <laughs> What's it going to be called? <laughs> oh. The... <laughs> It's probably just going to be Fuller House Season 2, Fullest right? Fullest House, they're in the walls. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want. Fullest House, colon, they're in the walls. Hold Coming on, I want to do Netflix. a... I want to do a time jump reboot where they like all the kids immediately age and then they like have to put all of the ladies in makeup except for Uncle Jesse who still looks exactly the same. That's what I want. Yeah. <laughs> Uncle Jesse and Becky look exactly the same and they Uncle wonder Jesse why. Uncle Jesse has always worked at the Overlook Hotel. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well thanks for coming in Nick. Uh, it's really fun to talk to you about it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we'll talk to you again soon. Alright, goodbye everybody. We'll see you next week. See ya. Bye. Bye.